Drunk Friend Podcast episode somehow. I'm Travis and that's Alex. How's it going? It's going. So far so good. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I was just telling you before this, this is my third podcast this week and I have one tomorrow. I've almost converted to a full-time podcaster during this quarantine and I'm not complaining. Dang. You are staying busy. That's for dang sure. Yeah. Yeah. That and school on top of that. Yeah. What's this new project you got coming up? Yeah, I have a, a podcast, a fourth podcast. You can't have too many. I've always been told that. And I always said, I told my wife, I was like, I'll make you proud someday. I'll have my own Wikipedia page, whether I'm just in there on behalf of Twin Eagle or as myself <laughs> for having so many podcasts. And By she the way, like, the, tw- the Twin Eagle video posted today, folks. Go check yes, it out. That's right. it's, it solves the mystery of... You are abortion. <laughs> I wish it solved it. Oh, um, it it, it kind of does and it kind of doesn't. <laughs> In so many but, words. But no, my wife said, I believe you. You know, if you want to be the most podcasting man ever, that's, you know, we'll be proud of you. We'll stand behind you. So me and a buddy, we, we got together to do a podcast where we're basically going to read back through video game narratives and interject humor throughout. I don't know if it's a novel idea, but it, it was my idea at the time. And uh, I'm excited to, to get it out there. So hopefully that'll be in a few weeks. And I'll be sure to plug it to death here so that everyone knows all about how to either listen to it or ignore it completely. Well, I think that's going to work pretty well, especially as you get to like older games, like NES games that have truly ridiculous stories. Like as you go through like the instruction manuals that try and rationalize whatever the heck is going on. I know Power Blades got kind of a goofy story. Yeah. Games like like Low G Man and stuff <laughs> like that have like really strange kind of out there stories. Some of them are pretty generic that are just uh, you know, like thrown together clichés, but uh it sounds like a really good idea. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Um but yeah, so we ha- we do have a guest coming on a little bit later, but First, a few housekeeping items, and I'll hit it first just by thanking everyone who's left a review for us so far. Once again, iTunes is, is sort of the one that pushes us along the furthest, but wherever you listen, however you can rate or review us, please do that. We'd really appreciate it. Again, it's not for our egos, although it does make us feel good. Uh, really, it just tricks iTunes into getting more ears on the show, so we do appreciate that. And I also want to thank Pam uh, of Cannot Be Tamed, obviously, for coming on last week. She was a hoot, and it seems like that was a very well-received show. People really enjoyed listening to Pam, so awesome. Yeah, people like her a lot, and why not? Um, yeah, and we've also been getting emails to uh, drunk drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. Um, just to let everybody know, we're still thinking of a YouTube channel for the show. What we would like to do eventually is make sure we get at least 10 or 12 episodes kind of in the bag. That way, um, we can upload them all at the same time, like in the same day. So people can binge all at once or they can pick and choose what they want to listen to here and there. So we want to give people options in other words. Yeah, I think that's pretty smart. 
Um, so look for that in the future. Right on. Yeah, and we do have some emails that, that came in, and I thought maybe we'd read a few here. We had one correction that we know we really needed. Um, oh, man, this one's major. Yeah, so uh, I'll start it off here. Dear drunk friend, I'm writing this email to file a formal complaint regarding the most recent podcast. And this was, of course, before uh, Cannot Be Tamed. He says, um, in which 90s pro wrestling was discussed, while several wrestlers were discussed, including Doink the Clown, a true legend, Andre the Giant wasn't even mentioned. Not only was Andre the Giant an iconic figure in pro wrestling, he was also notorious in his ability to consume vast amounts of alcohol. Given that your podcast is titled Drunk Friend, this is the most egregious omission. Seriously, what the fuck? Sincerely, S. I got no rebuttal of that. I, I really don't. It's, 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 uh, it's a great point. Uh, <laughs> there's the infamous picture of Andre holding a can of beer in his mm-hmm. hand, and his hand envelops the can. That's how big his hands were. Um, there's the infamous story of him drinking, I think it was like 114 beers in one night. Yeah. Um, he could finish off like two bottles of vodka and barely be buzzed. Like the, the dude was just, I mean, granted, let, let's keep in mind, Andre, this was, would have been the eight, 70s and 80s. He was a legit, a very legit seven foot four, seven foot five, and weighed at least 500 pounds. And those aren't inflated pro wrestling (laughs) (laughs) stats like they do with a lot of guys. He was, when you see pictures of him next to other people, he was a freaking ginormous human being. I felt, there's that one, there's one picture I think, when I think of Andre, there's one picture I see of him sitting in first class on a plane and he's taking up both seats in first class. Uh, like he crazy. has to sit by himself. It's like that's how big that dude is. It's I feel you can't help but feel bad for him because like life must have been pretty tough for him. But he did manage to you know kind of enjoy himself here and there with a shitload of beer. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and he was great in the Princess Bride, which, which you can't forget. He was great in the Princess Bride, and I also want to point out that he was also you know people. It's like oh he was a he was a big guy. He was a circus freak. It's like no, that guy was a legitimate performer in the ring. He knew yeah. how to get the most out of a crowd. He knew how to draw a reaction. The guy was an absolute mastermind when it came to uh, the pro wrestling, you know, craft. He was very, very good. Not just at just, oh, I'm a big guy. People are going to get a reaction out of that. He's like, no, he took it a step further, took it many steps further. And he was mm-hmm. really, really good. Yeah. Hell of an athlete. So, so good call, S. Yeah, and I actually, I did reply to S, and I think I defended as well. I said, we would like to sincerely apologize for omitting the mention of the drunkest friend of all, Andre the Giant, but to defend <laughs> ourselves, almost all of his meaningful wrestling career took place yes. in the 80s, and this That's was a right. 90s yes. pro wrestling show. So that was how That's I defended right. I still agree, Excellent though. point. Some Excellent acknowledgement point. on our behalf would have gone a long way. I get it, but hey, we got to defend ourselves here. We're just a podcast. Well, Andre's. I'm thinking of Andre in the '90s. He well, he died in '94, I think. So he he was part of WrestleMania six, and that was basically his last real match when he teamed up with Haku to face Demolition at the Sky Dome at WrestleMania six. Um, that would have been what ninety ninety one, nineteen ninety. Okay. And then he made an appearance in '91 where he uh, feuded with Bobby Heenan and Mr. Perfect. Then he had a bu- brief little feud with Earthquake, and then he was just kind of—I don't think he was around much at all after that. But um, 
Yeah, 90s Andre was not nearly as prolific as 80s Andre. So you bring up an excellent point. So shut up, S. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We also want to give a shout out to Dennis, um, who actually knew who high energy was. There's literally dozens of of us. (laughs) The team of Owen Hart and Coco Beware, (laughs) wearing those hammer pants. Um, And then there's one other email we wanted to point out that cracked me up. It was uh, a fellow named Axio. Starts out right just like a bull out of the gate. You guys suck. You're boring and I hate you. Then he goes, nah, you guys rock. (laughs) I actually use your podcast to relax and wind down after a long day of work. I love your wrestling episode. You both should do a collab together on wrestling games. That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah. Anyways, keep up the good work and I'll keep listening. Thanks, Axio. Anyway, we like an we ultimatum. In... We have to keep up the good work. Oh Jeez. God, I don't know. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> but I like uh, the idea of uh, a collab on wrestling games in particular, and um, yeah, that's pretty cool to hear you to hear from listeners like that. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks, Axio. It very yeah. much. We we did ask for hate mail, so that's how he he. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's a quality hate mail. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I also want to point out one more thing here as we, we jump down the news bullets. Um, in Blake Stoner news uh, on Twitter, user at uh, John Makoko, I think that's how you say that, John. Let me know if I got it wrong. Uh, he said, um, he well, he'll basically let you know that you're not alone in the world, saying he played and enjoyed Blake Stone, and he ended the tweet with Unite Blake Stoners, which made me yeah, very proud. Yeah, so, all right. So you're not alone in the world. That must be comforting. Yeah. Bear in mind, I have not played the second Blake Stone game. I've only played Aliens of Gold, but it is really entertaining, really fun. And, uh, yeah, Unite Blake Stoners. That's going to be uh, do a Blake Stone podcast for 90 minutes, I think. It sounds like a good idea to me. It'll it'll follow our 90s golf podcast. How about that? Which is, you know, we the 90s wrestling podcast killed, so I'm sure the 90s golf one... Untouchable in terms of Red Couples, <laughs> Greg Norman, Davis Love the Third, and that's, Steve Elkington, and that's been our '90s golf podcast. <laughs> that concludes our '90s golf podcast. I thought it was funny when I was I actually had to go looking for that tweet because I was like I know I saw someone respond to him about Blake Stone, and so in in the Twitter search I just uh, I searched SNES drunk Blake Stone and then realized that you. <laughs> had um, tweeted about it before, about a year ago. So you've been on a Blake Stone kick for that. your entire life. Yeah, someone asked, uh, what's your favorite big box DOS PC game? And almost a year ago, uh, May 26th, you said Blake Stone. So you've been on this oh, for a yeah. long time. Yeah, Blake Stone is kick-ass, yeah, for yeah, sure. Dude. Oh, here's well, another one. Uh, in, in December 14th of 2017, someone asked what? again, and you said, I remember that one. I had a bunch of Apogee games from back then, like Blake Stone and Rise of the Triad. So you, you just haven't let it go, man. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. <laughs> so coming up on this episode is Aaron from the YouTube channel, Friday Night Arcade. He's got oh, over right. 100 videos going back to October 2014. He's got a lot of in-depth reviews from all kinds of systems and consoles covering everything from the very first baseball computer game ever made back in 1961 to covering much more popular NES games to more in-depth videos on stuff like Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Hello, Aaron. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. How are you dealing right now through all of this? Hopefully everything's going well. Uh, hello, Min. Uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, um, 
we're just trying to stay sane, uh, my wife and I, and, um, you know, everybody's just doing the best they can. Um, frankly, we feel probably a little bit guilty because we're able to continue working through all of this. So, uh, you know, it's not really affected us too much, but, uh, you know, I'm having to do some extra stuff with my parents and stuff like that and getting groceries for my dad and stuff like that. So it's just kind of been a little bit more legwork, but we're, we're doing okay and everybody's healthy and, uh, that's the best we can do. What about you guys? Well, that sure sounds good. Um, I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I'm in the same boat as you as where I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to keep working from home and I've got this, uh, channel nonsense to keep going and the podcast to keep going uh, podcast. Now we're on episode seven. If I was just telling Jeez. Travis, it's like, this just started, right? Like, how are we already on like number seven of these? Yeah. Just walking the dogs, um, trying to stay sane, trying to like <laughs> not go crazy on watching TV and yes. like Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that. Like I, I nearly watched like, three hours of Seinfeld one night and it's just like I've seen all this before like why am I watching this again but it's just so dang funny I just had to so right on yeah I the same I I'm lucky to still have work and all that although I'll also say I'm lucky to still be able to complain about it because I don't like it any more than I used to (laughs) um so I'll consider that I guess a blessing but also, in drunk friend fashion, I was thinking about this the other day, because I remember talking about it in one of the first few episodes with you, Alex, where I discovered that I could just get per- curbside pickup from the liquor store, and uh, <laughs> just today I was like, man, I really need to restock, and then I did the math, and I was like, okay, we're on episode seven, so that's about three gallons per seven weeks. <laughs> and I was like, I'm moving through this kind of fast, unless my wife's getting into it when I'm not paying attention, so uh-oh, maybe this could be a cry for help. I don't know, but... Uh, no, but no, I'm doing all right. I think. Right on. There, there was, there's been a uh, a bourbon shortage of the one type of bourbon that I typically uh, pick up on here in town, oh, no. and I just, it's just the one kind. It's, uh, it's a very specific uh, brand that that I like, and I just have this vision of one other guy holed up in his bunker <laughs> with like a giant pallet of toilet paper and all of the <laughs> Buffalo Trace bourbon that he found in town, and I'm just like. I can't find this stuff. <laughs> Buffalo Trace. I don't think I've heard of that. What's that like? Uh, it's just a nice, smooth Kentucky bourbon. It, um, oh, yeah, it's not too expensive. and Yeah. So I, I get into the maker's mark myself, ooh. and that's that's tough because that's 45%, and it's, yes. you feel it the next day for sure. Good God. <laughs> and you're on, like, quite, this is, let's see, we, we did the intro, so this, you're about on your third arrogant bastard ale for this night. Is that right? <laughs> no, it's still, it's still number two. I don't pa- I don't throw down beer that quickly. I, I the whiskey goes down smooth, but the beer, yeah, I'm an amateur a bit. <laughs> yeah, I can't drink beer the way I used to drink beer, and now yeah. it's a couple of them, and then it's sleepy time or just you know you oh, kind yeah. of feel full and eh. yeah, yeah. Especially after eating like you know. It's like, you know, it sound good right now, a grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, how about a double down with that with the quesadilla? Uh, <laughs> that adds up real quick. <laughs> so, Aaron, where did uh, gaming really start for you? Like, what was your first system? What kind of games were you into? How does that all go? Sure. So, um, so games were in my house with uh, with an Atari when I was just a little kid. It wasn't even, I mean... 
I was so little that it wasn't even my Atari. It was just my parents' Atari. And um, so so have it, we had an Atari 20, which I guess you'd call it the Atari 2600. For me, it was just the Atari. But mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think a lot of people called it that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was the, the Atari was kind of the first thing, you know, Chopper Command, Space Invaders, all these just really simple games that are just easy to pick up and play. And, you know, for... You know, four-year-old me, five-year-old me, that was good enough, and I thought it was awesome. And then um, my grandparents got me a uh, Nintendo when I was, I think I was seven. I think it was Christmas when I was seven. And so then we had the NES, you know, they had the NES and, you know, Mario Brothers, Mario 2, Metroid, that sort of thing. And then um we actually had a computer in the house that uh, my grandparents had got for us and it was this i mean it was it wasn't really a computer meant for video games i mean it was you know the 80s it was a computer that was more of like for business type stuff i mean it was totally overkill for anything we needed but uh we had it was like a tandy 1000 hx i want to say and uh <laughs> And it, it had uh, it had some random like text adventure games on it, which I'm, I'm really oh, excited about the episode nice. that goes up this week because that's uh, it's all about this text adventure that I used to play on there. So really, yeah, um, that's really cool. Colossal Cave. I don't know if you ever. Uh, it was like the the first one, basically. It's just all text, plain text so on screen. Is it? It's those type of games that were written by like one or two people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And. For me, it, that was kind of a natural progression. I used to read those choose-your-own-adventure books when I was a kid, oh, sure, uh, yeah. where you just have the choice at the bottom of the screen. So then progressing from that to a text adventure, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, even though there's like no graphics or anything like that. I just thought it was really neat to kind of have that freedom in a game where you can just kind of go around and explore. And then um, you know, from there, I went to, to Super Nintendo, which I bought with my own allowance money when I think I was... You know, twelve or something like that, twelve wow. or thirteen, and that's um, expensive. Yeah, today's yeah, money, that's what like seven hundred dollars. I don't even know. Uh, it it was uh, it, it was yeah, and it, the funny thing about it was there was this very Super Nintendo sized box under the Christmas tree that year, and I my mom kept reassuring me, no, no, it's not a Super Nintendo, and I'm like, oh, maybe it is, and. No, it wasn't. It was a coat. <laughs> it was, I wasn't to, it wasn't, you know, not to sound ungrateful or anything, but it was just like, oh, man. <laughs> well, you didn't uh, so start a YouTube up, channel about coats, so it makes sense. There you go. So, um, yeah, and it wasn't even so much that I was, like, anti-Sega. It's just I think that the NES came into the house first, so that's what we had. And I, I think I only knew one other person that had a Sega Genesis, so I didn't really get to play it that much, so I didn't... I didn't have an opinion one way or the other about it, and it's kind of why I like doing the channel now because it gives me a chance to play all the Sega games that I missed uh, when I when I do in, doing the show. And uh, but yeah, then from there, you know, I was always just uh, super in, super NES and then Nintendo sixty four, and then um, probably took a break for a little while after that. I was kind of burned on the on the sixty four just because there weren't any. I, I didn't feel like the library just had that overwhelming flood of really good games there was like you had super mario 64 and then pilot wings and then nothing for like a really long time (laughs) i'm with you on that yeah for sure i had i had turok and i had uh um 
oh geez, I, I think I had I had like Mortal Kombat trilogy or something like that. ECW uh, Wrestling Revolution or whatever that song. <laughs> hey, that say what you will, the called? wrestling games on Nintendo sixty four were pretty good. WWF Attitude and stuff like that. But uh, the ECW game was not good. <laughs> that surprising? Like No Mercy and WrestleMania two thousand were 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 very good, but. Yeah. Uh, ECW one was not, but uh, I have two questions for you. Sure. Num- number one was, uh, did your parents play the Atari? They did. They had it. They uh, did. Like, my my parents and my uncle used to throw down on some Chopper Command, and we had some pretty oh, nice. pretty epic battles, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Just the family kind of passing it around and stuff like that. Oh, that's really cool. And number two is. Did the Atari just get tossed aside when you got the NES? Did you ever play it after that? Um, well, tossed aside in the sense that it got stored in the closet, but it didn't... Uh, I actually still have it, the, the original Atari. Oh, nice. Had, oh, cool. And it actually still works, uh, even though my PS3 yeah. died uh, six months ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really go back. Once the NES came into the house, uh, it was... I, I didn't really go back to the Atari at any point after that. It was it once... was such a yeah, it was such a leap forward. It was right, like sprites and you know scrolling screens and yeah, it was crazy. Well, and and games that just lasted longer than five minutes. I mean, most of the, <laughs> right. you know, uh, they were more than one screen. Uh, you know, it's not to take yeah. anything away from them, but it just you know, Star Tropics is going to hold your attention for a lot longer. Um, oh yeah, than, than Space Invaders or something like that. Yeah. So you you got all these these games, and it seems like you had a pretty rich history of gaming. Um, what really inspired you to start that YouTube channel? So I mean, we're probably fast. We're probably skipping about twenty years at this point. But um, was there any key inspiration? Was it gaming itself, or was it other YouTubers? Well, it was uh, it was kind of a, a combination of things. Um, my experience with video production is kind of a uh, it's kind of a weird one. If uh, if you've got time for a story. <laughs> Um, I, so I used to work at a, at a planetarium at a a local community college. And now when I say I worked at the planetarium, I mean, literally it was just kind of a glorified clerical position. You know, we took, uh, reservations from schools that were coming in on field trips and stuff like that. And the production designer, uh, had been trying to convince me to pick up, to try out for one of the parts and one of the shows that they would produce in house. Uh, doing like voiceover work and uh, you know I, I was you know, I, mean, I was really insecure about the whole thing and just, ah, I wouldn't be any good at that and you know I just kind of poo-pooed it and uh, so finally one day she comes up to me and she she hands me this book and she says I need your help uh, I need you I need to do some volume levels in the sound booth I just need to get the microphone to the right level so I just need you to pick to open up this book and read from it I said, well okay so you know they had this little I mean, you, you've seen sound booths. I mean, this thing was just like a little tiny closet with a microphone, <laughs> you know, so I got cooped up in there and uh, popped this thing open and just started reading from it. And then, of course, I just kind of started goofing off and I was like reading from the copyright page and stuff like that. And then I was just <laughs> like, and then I, I went into like full on uh, Cubs broadcast announcer mode. Uh, Pat nice. Hughes, it was just like. Chicago Cubs baseball is on the air. It's a beautiful day at Wrigley Field, and just just being a complete goofer, goofball. And um, so then I, good. yeah, that was good. I I get a knock on the door, and uh, you know, wait. She says, uh, "We got it. We got what we need." And uh, so I walk out, and everybody that worked there, the other student workers and the other staff, were all just 
kind of standing around the sound booth grinning at me and they're like you got the part and i'm like what <laughs> and, and so uh they're like no you you got the part we needed uh we needed the voice of god narrator character and uh that's that's you wow. so see so you, you got the john facenda compliment there wow i yeah so i um so i ended up basically recording this part and uh you know so that's kind of how i got my feet wet wet with the whole uh, you know, just how, recording a voiceover, recording lines of dialogue over and over again, you know, with different inflection on different verbs and nouns and stuff like that. And um, and then that kind of led to me taking a basic broadcast announcing class, which, I mean, my degree was in business, so I, I had no business in there other than I needed the elective. So that gave me kind of just more confidence, I guess, to kind of, you know, I mean, it's, it's scary, it's kind of weird, you know, and um, but that class gave me kind of just enough to be dangerous with the whole thing. <laughs> you know, we learned some, you know, we, we had an air shift with the local radio station and stuff like that. So, uh, so, I, you know, I produced some spots for the station and stuff like that. Wow. And, uh, just, I mean, real basic stuff. I mean, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too crazy, but, um, so, so I had that experience kind of sitting in my back pocket and then, sure. um, you know, fast forward a few years after that and, you know, discovering other YouTube channels. Uh, you know, I think we all went through the AVGN phase. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, I mean, at least I did. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, no, I did. I did too. <laughs> I, well, and it just, you know, it's um, not to get too, like, melodramatic, but, you know, we all kind of have those, like, those kind of down periods in our lives where, you know, maybe stuff's not going the way you want it or whatever. And, you know, you're just, you know, just maybe depressed or whatever. You know, you got a job you hate or whatever. I don't know. But, um, you know, when I kind of stumbled onto those videos and just kind of binge watch, it just it brought me laughter at a time when I needed to laugh. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, I always like, man, I'd like to do one of those once <laughs> just just, to, just for the heck of it, you know. Um. So so fast forward from there and. You know, not really knowing much about video production. I mean, I could do some audio stuff, but yeah, I, that's when I kind of, I'm like, well, if I, if I make one video, I want to make a video about Space Quest 3. So that's like the, the whole <laughs> thing. Yeah, I know. Tremendous. <laughs> yep. I love so I, 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 you know, that first video, my God, that yes. first video probably took me at least a hundred hours to make over the course of wow. several months just because well, 25 minutes long yeah yeah well and the, the funny thing about that was i had no concept of uh script to screen time like how many pages of mm -hmm. script to translate so when i when i like my first edit when i just got the voiceover part edited down to kind of the spine of the video it was like 32 minutes so i left a lot <laughs> of stuff on the cutting room floor uh, that's awesome but and then you know you'd have to kind of stop every few minutes and like okay I, there's a there's a transition effect in my head i know what i want this to look like but you gotta like figure out what it looks like and find a a tutorial on on you know youtube try, on youtube trying to figure out how to do this or that and, and premiere and and all that stuff and um, you know stuff that's second nature now but at the, at the time it, you know you're trying to i don't even know what this is called so you're trying to guess what it is and um, and then, and then all that, you know, while you're working a full-time day job. So most of the time it was, you know, sure. 11, 12 o'clock at night and stuff like that. But, uh, that's, that's kind of how it came together that, that first video. And I, um, 
Well, and then the other part of it that when I first did the when I very first did that video, I only produced like the first two minutes of it, and because I again I was still just kind of insecure about the whole thing. I'm like, this is this is kind of silly and weird, and uh, so I, I produced the first two minutes of it, and then I sent it to like three or four people that I really trust. Mm-hmm. Your and proofers, I was just like, okay, yeah, and I was just like, uh, okay, is this stupid? <laughs> you know, I. Uh, I, I actually sent it to, um, well, the, the lady that I used to work with at the planetarium that, that gave me my first part. Uh, I sent it to my best friend, and then I actually sent it to my wife, who was then my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we hadn't been together that long. So that was kind of a, uh, kind of a, uh, that could have made or break, break, break the relationship, depending on what she thought of that. <laughs> Space so. Quest what? Yeah. yeah. I mean, she... She's always been supportive of the channel, but she's not really much of a gamer herself. So it's, she's, mm. you know, so it was, that was dicey. But uh, everybody was like, yeah, so where's the rest of the video? <laughs> so that kind of encouraged me to, to keep going with it. So that, that brings me to an interesting question. And I think it's, it applies to me somewhat. Before you started your YouTube channel, right there at the beginning where you were like, mm, is this stupid? Did you have some trepidation or something in you where you were like, people that know me wouldn't expect me to be a quote-unquote YouTuber and that sort of held you back. It's like, what will people think or what if people that know me find this? Was there any, any like hesitation there with your personality and being on camera? Was there a disconnect there that you had to overcome? Um, a little bit. Um, I, you know, I think the people that know me know that I've always kind of been a little creative and maybe a little... Uh, I don't know if the word's weird, but just, you know, would be capable of doing something like that. But then at the same time, I think part of it for me was just getting over that insecurity of like, does this, does this suck? You know, Mm -hmm. like, or is this stupid? Uh, (laughs) Just, (laughs) I mean, of course it is, but, you know, just getting over that. um, I don't know what the word is, if it's, I don't want to say embarrassment, but just, yeah, just kind of an insecurity about it. But well, um, sometimes it feels silly to like, oh, how, why am I spending this much time on video games? You know, right. like yeah. it, it feels kind of dumb. I felt like that at the beginning, especially, especially since I started out when I did it um, with a lot of RPGs, with the two Lufia games, with uh, Mario RPG, Chrono Trigger, Illusion of Gaia, all that stuff. And I was like, Jesus, this is a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep this up. And um you know, I felt you, you feel kind of silly. Like, what am I even doing? And all you need is that one little push from somebody that says, like, hey, this is this is useful. And uh, or, hey, I enjoy this or something like that. And it's like, oh, maybe I can spin this off into something and take it in other directions and stuff like that. Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. Just that little bit of encouragement to just yeah. uh, just kind of give you that that itch to keep going. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point, and it, it's funny that you you sort of went down that um, down that hole and, and told us that that story about how you came to be because I had this whole like paragraph of a question that I was going to build up to, and you sort of answered it, but I'll go ahead and ask it anyway because I, I labored so long on this paragraph. I said that um, when I watch videos on your channel, it kind of makes me ashamed of my own channel. I say that kind of jokingly, but in some regard, I mean it in that I feel like I should really just make clickbait videos that get people to watch NES reviews on your channel instead because you put so much work into it. It looks so good. And I will say, you know, even that Sequest video, is it Sequest? No, I'm 
Space Quest? Space Quest. What's Sequest? What am I thinking? What is this? Sequest. <laughs> well, you got Jonathan Brandis on the I was the thinking mind. of Jonathan is. Brandis. Um, <laughs> Roy Scheider? <laughs> I knew it did. To my credit, I knew immediately it didn't sound right. So anyway, that video, the production quality, even though it was your first one, it took you forever, you were uneasy about it. I mean, you, you knocked a lot of things out of the park. And sure, your stuff now is like a ton more refined, right? You've come a long way. But even then, it was good. I was going to ask, though, prior to that, if you had any other types of YouTube channel or, or any other sort of test bed for, for your video development skills or anything like that prior. But now I, I know that you, you said you didn't, you just started there. So I guess my question is, did you have any other creative outlets before the YouTube channel uh, that weren't really video making? Sure. Um, well, I, I did a, I had, um, I, I, a friend and I both had a, we had a blog that we kind of went in on at one point. Um, and this was, uh, pretty, pretty low rent stuff, but it was fun for us. We, we did lo- like a wrestling blog and stuff like that. Um, I did, I had a website of my own at one point that I, that I ran where I was just doing like movie reviews and stuff like that. Um, in fact, like the first video, I, I used the little YouTube trim thing and edited it out. But when I, when I first made the channel, it was actually going to be called Media Glitch. Uh, I don't know where the hell I came up with that dumb name, but <laughs> it was going to be like video games and movie reviews and stuff like that before I finally settled on just doing games. But at one, at one point, I was thinking about movie reviews and stuff like that. And uh, I had the, the blog with my friend. We used to do, we used to do podcasts where we we like preview the pay-per-view uh, every every month, whichever big pay per view was coming up and stuff like that, and then oh nice, what era are we talking here? Um, late '90s, but more so oh. uh, early, probably that that early 2000s era, um, like post merger. Yeah, post merger. Uh, you know, like Chris Jericho like and the Radicals yeah, Jericho, showing up in WWE and stuff like that. Brock That'll... was destroying the Hardy Boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you were having uh, uh, like. You know TLC matches with Edge and Christian every other week or every other like month, on it Raw seems like. and SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> crazy era for wrestling. But anyway, <laughs> we were supposed to have Pam on for our part. Two, <laughs> she didn't sound like she was that <laughs> hip to that. She was. She resisted. Uh, sad. Broken hearted about that. But so I got to know how. How did you decide on the name Friday Night Arcade? How did that come about? Well, it, um, I mean, it literally was just me and my friend Jay would usually just get drunk on Friday nights and play video games over <laughs> on my couch. Uh, he lived a couple blocks away from me in this little uh, podunk town here in the Midwest. And uh, on Fridays, we'd get together and, you know, we'd both get, get together, sit around, gripe about our job and uh, drink some sort of brown liquor and play old games and in fact a lot of the the older videos which i've now kind of moved over to the side channel uh was just us sitting on the couch basically uh, yeah i mean it was basically game grumps i mean it was just two idiots sitting (laughs) on the couch talking and playing games but um so that's kind of how that you know what what's better than going to the arcade on a friday night yeah (laughs) it's that's completely organic it makes sense yeah man i i enjoy that in a in that whole I mean, I really miss uh, hanging out on the couch playing games with my friends now. I, what a what a bad time to to try to reminisce about something so awesome. So thanks for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so how do you end up picking the games you decide to cover? And I kind of noticed, you, you know, early on you were talking about your childhood, and it seemed like you started off with a lot of the games that you loved uh, specifically when you were a kid. But nowadays, you know, you've you've got several uh, reviews behind you. How do you pick the ones you're going to do next? 
Yeah, so definitely when I started out, I had kind of a hit list in my head. Uh, you know, mostly this was just an excuse for me to play some of my favorite games again. So that was a that was a part of it. Mm, but right. um, that's how I saw it too. <laughs> yeah, and, and then as I've kind of moved along, uh, the way that I, I I try to set aside a couple of hours every month where I can just kind of have a brainstorming session where it's like, okay, you know, I can do some research, maybe. Uh, you know, Google some top 20 lists or something like that. But then also a lot of the ones that they end up being suggestions from, from viewers. And that's the stuff that I, that I love, you know, I'll just, I'll get a notepad out and start scrolling through a bunch of my comments and, and what people have, you know, I, and a lot of times I'll find out a ga- about a game that I didn't even know existed that way. Right. And uh, it's like, you know, somebody might, they'll send me a link to a video and say, oh, you should check this game out. This, this would be really cool. And I was like, oh yeah, that does look really cool. I, I got to check that out. So, um, a lot of times, can I tell you, sure. Can I, I'm sorry. Can I tell you about a game that somebody just recommended to me that I've never heard of before in my life? And it's for Sega Genesis. Okay. And it's called the, it's called the ooze. Ooh. Huh. I think and I've it's developed by Sega technical Institute, the same folks that did comic zone. And it was released in 95, mm-hmm. which is six years into the Genesis lifespan. And you play as ooze. It's like a top-down adventure game where you're, the, you're just this pile of ooze slithering around the ground, like, doing stuff. And it's... I'm just like, where the hell did this game come from? Yeah, I'm <laughs> looking at the, the screenshots for this. This is... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> It's weird. It's like I just don't understand. Like how ca- how can there? Po- I've been doing this since 2013. How can there possibly be more stuff that I haven't heard of? But re- you know, commenters, readers, whatever, listeners, they keep coming through with like more stuff. It's like, hey, look at this. And I'm just like, what the hell is this game? <laughs> and it's super fun to dive into and see like what happened and you know what is this game and all that sort of stuff. So I I totally identify with what you're saying there. Well, and then even just God, it's like even the artwork on the box on this looks cool. That's the stuff. That, like, you're like it's wow, pretty, somebody put a lot of time into this. This is this is cool. Yeah, it's pretty out there. Yeah, it's that. That's your mission, listeners. Google the ooze Sega Genesis cover. Yes, make it sure looks you pretty horrific. Make sure you put Sega Genesis in the Google search along with the ooze. You, you don't want to take any chances. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to get the Ninja Turtles Part Two movie by mistake. You don't, you know? and, oh, and God, you no got the third one. The oh, actually, you know what? The, you know, the second movie is actually pretty good. It's, it's okay. the third one that's really bad. Yeah, yeah, the third one's awful. But yeah, um, yeah, the second one's got Kevin Nash, doesn't it? With Super Shredder, I was, think. Was it Kevin Nash? I had it, no idea about plays... that. That's just a fun fact. I had no idea about. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Super Shredder one underneath the docks where he gets. Uh, I hear us all typing right now to search this. I love it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to the Google machine. Oh, that was him. I had I no saw idea that was the- him. Yeah, I saw it in theaters, and then that was kind of like a fun fact I learned like years later. Like, oh, by the way, that's Diesel. I was like, what? <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Like, okay. All right. So, Aaron, you brought up your podunk town a couple times, and uh, you and I were little town men. I, I can tell immediately we had a mutual respect for each other because we both kind of have that little town drawl, and you know we're not we're not from the big fancy Twin Cities or Southwest swanky Albuquerque like Snestrunk. So, <laughs> as a small town man, 
How swanky? Oh yeah, out there in Albuquerque. I mean, it even sounds swanky. Uh, <laughs> how how do you fathom that subscriber base? You're over thirty thousand now. Has it ever been hard to wrap your head around that? The success in those numbers? Oh, oh God, I, I you know I try not to think about it too much because I I still remember when I just had like sixty subscribers and I thought that was awesome. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. I mean, sometimes we'll you know. Uh, my wife and I will be talking about that, and it's like, wow, that's that's enough people to fill up the the stadium or whatever, you know, uh, here in yeah. town. And it's just that's kind of a crazy thought, but you know, I, I I try not to think about that that type of stuff too much because, um, you know, I mean, at any given point, you know, I, I'm just happy it is where, it, where I was happy when it had a 50 subscribers or 100 subscribers. I was just happy that people were enjoying it and. Um, you know, I, you know, like you mentioned earlier about making clickbait videos or whatever, I, (laughs) I say fooey on that and don't worry about that because, you know, I've, as I've done this, I've, I've met a lot of other YouTubers that, um, you know, I met another guy that I, I probably had close to 5,000 and he had maybe like 150 when we first met, like just 150 subscribers. And then in that time, he's up to like 50,000 subscribers now. I mean, he's done lapped me and doubled me. So, you know, you, you know, just uh, what I would say to anybody is don't worry about any of that stuff and just keep working on it and just keep making something that you enjoy making and have fun doing it. And hopefully you, you, you establish a relationship with your audience that you like, I, you know, and that's the crazy thing, too, is I've seen a lot of names over the last three, four or five years that I've been doing this that like and maybe, you know, you kind of know uh, uh with the SNES Drunk channel, maybe you've seen where you see like the same names over and you kind of yeah. recognize like, oh, and then you're like, those people are still around and like, that just blows my mind. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm always so thankful Absolutely. for those. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, about, uh, you know, sometimes it just takes that little spark or that little yeah. word of encouragement. I mean, I, I love the comments that people, when, when somebody shares a, like a story of like, oh man, I remember playing this game with my grandpa. Or something like that, or yeah, you know, I used to absolutely. rent this game with my own. That's the stuff that gets me. Like, those are those are like my favorite comments, and I always, you know, I, I don't have time to respond to everybody, but I try to respond yeah. to those because those are like my favorite. Yeah, I, I love love scratching that itch for people and bringing that memory back. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm forever in debt to the folks at the Racket Boy forums. Uh, it's RacketBoy.com is a site that's been around for many many years, and um, it's a group of super intelligent, knowledgeable people. Very, I don't know if it's possible to be cultured when it comes to video games, but <laughs> these folks are your, as cultured as you can get. Your comment section would suggest no, but <laughs> but it is possible. That's an excellent point. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, they they are fantastic. They were kind of the people that really got me going at first and they were, they were so nice and they were, they gave me really good feedback and they were super. And a couple of those folks I still hear from every now and again. And it's so it like, it really makes you, you feel it. I'm pointing at my chest. You feel it right here when you, (laughs) when you see that. That's awesome. It is, it is genuine. Yeah. It's, it's really freaking cool. So, yeah. So I wanted to mention on that, you know, you, you mentioned the clickbait thing, but I wanted to mention the opposite and one thing that uh, you do, Aaron, that not many other channels do, 
usually say it yourself at like the beginning of a video like hey this video has no educational purpose it's just for fun <laughs> and you do stuff like the atari 2600 games set to 80s tv theme songs <laughs> <laughs> and it features gameplay footage of keystone capers and it's got shots interspersed of William Shatner. He's like running as fast as he can. You know, it's like a middle-aged Shatner running as TJ Hooker. <laughs> it's tremendous. I love that stuff. It's it, it's really entertaining. Do you have any other ideas like that that you're that you're working on, or can we expect more of that kind of stuff, or is that just sort of like a spur of the moment thing that you come up with? Like, wouldn't it be fun if I did this, or how does that work? Well, that that particular one was was uh, was totally organic. Um, I mean, it it was it came in from a it actually came in on the the Airwolf uh, video like a week before. That's right. Yeah. Um, I did a video about River Raid, and somebody chimed in like, "Yeah, I used to play River Raid with uh, the Airwolf theme creak creak cranked <laughs> up." And so then great. so then in the air, so I did, the next week I had to do a video about Airwolf, and then put River Raid to the Airwolf theme, even though it was a video about airwolf on the nes uh, and and that whole deal but uh and then yeah as i started i'm like oh yeah i could think of all sorts of stuff i could I, keystone capers and then i'm like what i'm like googling the intros for some of these shows and like seeing shatner running i'm like oh i gotta do this, this <laughs> the i don't care the copyright overworlds are gonna gonna strike me i don't even care i, I don't even care so. <laughs> it's worth it because seeing shatner running that cop uniform is always oh, gonna crack me up huffing and puffing <laughs> i was i was curious if you actually did get a uh, copyright strike on that i assume you did well i so i did a uh the well the, the longer version that i did actually had uh night rider set to the or it was uh enduro on Atari set to the theme from Knight Rider. Ooh. And and I posted that for uh for Patreons, but that video got got a copyright uh, content ID, not a full-blown strike, but they want so but then so that video got a content ID, so I I edited that part out, re-uploaded it, but then it ended up getting a content ID anyway on the A-team theme. I was like whatever, I didn't care. So oh, <laughs> yeah. Just, like I thought I could get away with it, but eh, oh well. Man, I so. love Enduro. That would have been perfect too. That's a great game. Yeah, no, it's it scared me as a kid because if I remember correctly, it's the racing game where you race through different environments. Correct. And you go through the fog and you seriously cannot see anything in front of you. No, like I remember, six feet. Yeah, I remember <laughs> watching my brother and sister play that and I, I was like white knuckled like... <laughs> Oh my God! You can't be driving that fast. You can't be driving. You're gonna run into somebody, and it's yeah. That game, I have a big connection with that game for sure. But yeah, to answer your question, um, I, I've got. I mean, I've got a lot of ideas for videos. Nothing quite as wacky and zany as that. That stuff just kind of has to come to me. <laughs> right. um, yeah. And but then when it does, it's like okay. I, I always carry like a little notepad around so that when I do get uh, sure. zany ideas like that. Or one thing we've talked about with just about every guest so far is how silly it is to take something like retro gaming so seriously. Like, let me give you an example here of a comment I got today. And I think uh, I saw this, this is from, one. <laughs> oh, did you from Matthew? Yes, <laughs> you're on a first name basis and, with this guy. Oh yeah, good old Matthew. Yeah, he says you're flat out bad out. You're flat out bad at games if you're remapping the dash button to the shoulder. And he's talking about Mega Man X. Learn to use different parts of your thumb at the same time. You are literally making the game controls less economic by remapping to a different part of the controller this way, forcing you to use more fingers for what one does faster. This is garbage advice. <laughs> 
And then he goes on to say that uh, in the 80s and 90s, Mega Man was considered baseline difficulty at worst. It doesn't mat. It doesn't even approach the true controller chuckers of its time. The stuff you all wouldn't touch because you're soft and weak. My God. And soft and weak are in caps. So, do you get that kind of stuff? And what's your reaction to that? Like, oh, what's your boy. attitude towards like the real gamer types like that? Like that. Oh, <laughs> just, I. Um, yeah, there, I think you, I think you might've mentioned it during your, uh, during your show with Pam, where there's like a certain threshold that you pass over and then it's, yes, it's, it's, then, then they all kind of start coming in and, and, and they yeah. start kind of, you know, start coming out of the woodwork and mm-hmm. yeah, I get stuff like that all the time. I got roasted. Um, I did a, I did a video about Atari 2600 games that you, that like have endings, um, that you can actually beat as opposed to just trying to rack up a high score or whatever and uh one of the games that i mentioned was was et and you know i wasn't like i wasn't bashing on the game i was just like you know this game's kind of boring and i just really don't feel like playing it to the end (laughs) like that's all i said i got like i still i think i even got another one to to this day like oh i can beat et in under a minute what what are you doing and it's just like (laughs) Well, good, good job, buddy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, congratulations. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it's like I get uh, I get those types sometimes. I, I mean, sometimes you know, sometimes I'll I'll post these on on Twitter or whatever, and it, it makes it sounds like you know I'm complaining. I mean, like ninety nine percent of the comments I get are super nice, and everybody's just you know, wow, this, right? You know, this was a lot of fun or whatever. But some of these ones, and then there's there's ones I, I actually. Uh, I, w- I was hoping you'd bring this up. I-, I-, I had one that just popped in sometime here in the last uh, day or two. That it- You get the one where it's like a run-on sentence, and I'm not even sure if this person is, is angry <laughs> with me or happy or agreeing with me. And it, it says... Uh, it's, it says, I say it's your... G-. This is all one sentence, no periods or anything. I, I say it's your game, Genie. Your NES advantage in the codes in the pause button was already... There's... That's not cheating. That's like saying somebody <laughs> that's stronger than you cannot lift as much weight as you because that is cheating, so that's cheating. <laughs> is that uh, a rap lyric? So <laughs> this so this was uh, in response to my video about the NES Advantage, and I, so, I, yeah, I don't know if they're, I think they're talking about the slow motion button because um, it, like, uses the pause button, but... I, I don't know if this person's agreeing with me or if this person's upset with me. I, I don't know what yeah, I should do. It's... Should I like this? Should I respond? Should I apologize? I, I don't know. So a... I just, you know, so the basic I... form of communication has failed on every level. <laughs> it's just like, what do I do with this? Like, this has fallen into my lap. There's nothing I can do but just stare at it and just be like, okay, and move on to the next one. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I. I, I I try to, you know, I, I, I don't have time, unfortunately, to respond to every single comment anymore. Yeah. I just don't. But, um, you know, if it's somebody that's that's just kind of like with your your guy, Matthew, there, I just kind of, you know, I, I don't know. Either I wouldn't boy. say anything or I just I'd say uh, uh, cool. <laughs> you know, I just I'd be like or, or I'd be like, <laughs> you might you might come back with like, are you sure? Or <laughs> just, just something to like completely uh, trip him up or. Now, if it's somebody that's being like legitimately antagonistic to other viewers and stuff like that, then then yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're going in the rogues gallery. You're you're going on the on the on the shadow ban list or whatever. But on the bulletin board, yeah. yeah. Oh, the shadow list, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, yeah you can. 
where they yeah. they can continue to post, but only they see it. I, that's, that's only they I, see it, yeah. and they wonder. They they keep posting for years, oh, and, they, yeah. <laughs> and they they don't even think about why nobody's responding to them. They don't even. It doesn't even occur to them. No, they, they're no. just happy with posting. Yeah, is that something you unlock at a threshold? I don't even know about this. No, you can if you right click on a comment. Um, you can just go uh, here. Let me bring it up right now. If you, uh, yeah, it's the ellipses on the comments next to the thumbs up, thumbs down heart, and you can go hide user from channel. Oh, oh yeah, okay, all right. And then they just keep, they they can post however much they want. Nobody will ever see it. It's like a shadow ban. Cool. It's a good pro tip for anyone out there getting harassed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. To answer the question, no, everyone's real sweet still to me, and I'm sure that's just me asking for it. But um, you're, you're having a very buddy. <laughs> nubile, fresh little channel that's not even over. A th- I can't even oh. annoy people with my um, community section yet, and they're in are for you, it when I can. But uh, are yeah. you kidding? There are dozens of people on the edge of their seats just waiting, oh, waiting yeah. for their chance. <laughs> oh, like, how dare you say that about Twin Eagle? What were you thinking? <laughs> Bring it. I'm prepared. I got Wikipedia on my side. <laughs> all right we've reached we've finally at last reached the 90s nba portion oh. of the podcast enough Let's of that talk YouTube some 90s stuff. nba okay aaron have you been watching the last dance documentary yes have you seen all four episodes so far but this is going to air on friday oh actually yeah this coming friday so so you've seen all four episodes then correct i have yep okay what do you think of it so far? What are your What are your takeaways? What thoughts do you have? And careful, don't spoil it. I've not seen it. I don't know if Jordan dies in the end or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Go well, ahead. you never know with Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. You can spoil it. I think I know what happens. <laughs> well, it's um, it's interesting for me because I I mean I, I lived it. I grew up in in Illinois, so I you know I, I grew up watching these 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 teams, and um, you, you know it. It's like discovering a whole other set of gospel texts that you didn't even know existed because it's the same. <laughs> a lot of it's been the same stories. And, you know, as yeah. they're kind of introducing the characters and stuff for people that maybe didn't watch it, you know, that you've got an episode that's about Michael, an episode about Scotty, the Rodman episode. Some of it was redundant, but at the same time, hearing it from their own words and hearing, mm-hmm. um, you know, their their own stories. And, like, I, I was... Uh, I didn't understand at first how it was going to be, uh, you know, they, they made a big deal about, oh, this is going to be unedited. There's going to be harsh language. And I'm like, well, how much harsh, harsh language could they need? But then you go back and you watch <laughs> the episode uh, this past week where they're talking about the rivalry with the Pistons. And, and it's oh yeah, it's very clear how much that hatred is still there between <laughs> the Bulls and the Pistons some 30 years later. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah they made the right call to leave all the profanity in. That's, that is yes. awesome. That is just yes. awesome. So no, it, I think I think it's just been fantastic. I think this is probably going to end up being one of the best things that uh, that ESPN's ever done, and it's especially, you know, we're we're at a time right now where we're kind of starved for for content and for sports anyway, and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it's I don't I don't normally watch a show live when it airs. Uh, I'm usually the the wait and you know DVR or wait for it to be streaming somewhere. Uh, you know, catch up on it, you know, maybe at the end of the season or you know, this, I'm like watching every Sunday night. I'm like watching it live and it's a point sure. of viewing. So, um, it, were it's you re- a Bulls fan growing up? Yes. Um, it's so, you know, I, I, I was, 
like nine or ten when they won their first championship. So I wasn't old enough to really appreciate what I was seeing, but my family was real happy and everybody was, you know, <laughs> we, we was excited. We get to watch the finals every 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 year right around, uh, you know, right around summertime and all that stuff. And then I didn't really become basketball conscious, I want to say, until like the, like the third championship, that it was like it really sunk in on me what I was seeing. Um, the John started, Paxson shot. Th- that's right. The Paxson, the Paxson three-pointer. And uh, um, and then Jordan retires after that. I still kept watching. Like, I, they were good for the for the first year after he retired. I mean, they... That's right. They were. Pippen was carrying them. Mm-hmm. Pippen was carrying them. And they basically got screwed by a Hugh Holland's foul call in the, <laughs> in the, uh, in the conference semifinals. Um, but they, I mean, they were, they were fit. They, won, they, only won, they only lost two more games than they lost the previous year when they won the third championship they were crazy five and 27 and that's when i started picking up like super nintendo uh, you know i think i had nba showdown and stuff like that and nice would, would play through um you know i'd i'd play through even though i was a bulls fan i would play through that with other teams sometimes and just try to win the title with them just because there were so many fun teams but yeah and then when jordan came back um I really tried to like at that point I was old enough to where I was like okay this is something up we're never going to see this again um, mm-hmm. you know with the greatest basketball player of all time mm-hmm. and this team and this unit and it, you know so I, I really tried to soak that up as much as I could before Man, you were a teenager living in L- you, you had it all right there it, that it was, was that's it was like the perfect time <laughs> yeah that's the perfect time right there that's that's awesome so my next question would have been favorite 90s players. Okay, then I'll have to amend this to, like, favorite 90s non-Bulls players <laughs> right. that you might have. Yeah, um, Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, oh, nice. The I Dream? Mean, yeah, it was It was just that. And those teams were fun to watch, too. Um, they were. And, yeah, I, I, think we got, I think we got started on this the other day when we were talking on, on Twitter about some of this, but, like, that matchup between the Knicks and uh, and the Rockets with the one with the OJ Simpson NBA Finals. Uh, yes. Oh yeah, OJ Five. Um, <laughs> he played like know, shit I, that game. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, was a joke. He 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 didn't play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> OJ, what what happened? Your box score yeah. zeros across the board. Yeah. But by God, they showed him for like two solid hours. Uh, oh um, yeah, just God. tooling down the street. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I'll never forget my dad just was in disbelief when that happened, and he was just laughing hysterically. He didn't know what else to do, I don't think. He was just laughing at the just absurdity of, like, we need to interrupt the NBA Finals to watch this guy driving 40 miles an hour down the highway <laughs> with, like, 25 cops following him. And my dad was just overcome with with laughter at just the sheer spectacle of it all and it was every channel so i was like well, it was you, yeah you couldn't escape it yeah why, like why do you have to interrupt the finals if somebody wants to watch this they can flip over to cbs or whatever i don't know why we at gotta... one point they went split screen and like it was just ridiculous like either show the game or don't like yeah it was ridiculous the 90s were a very strange time <laughs> But yeah. So Elijah Wan, did you have anybody else besides that? Well, um, I mean, even though the Bulls would always end up playing against the Jazz in the finals, I, I thought Stockton and Malone were just mm-hmm. a really fun tandem. I like that whole 
basically that whole NBA Jam lineup that you had with you know all the, mm. the the two players. You know, you had what Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning on the Hornets. Oh um, yeah, they were killer. I think I won a title with them on uh, NBA Showdown at one point or another. Nice. Um, I mean, just yeah, they, they were. And one of the things that I that I like about NBA from the 90s as compared to modern NBA is that for the most part these core players kind of stayed on the same team for for the duration of good their point. careers. Yes. So you yeah, every year when you the had, playoffs would roll around, you'd get these uh, you know, these matchups between like Reggie Miller and the Knicks, uh, you know, yeah. or you know, Bulls versus Pistons or, or whoever. Ewing and, was always on the Knicks yep. and even then it was Ewing Oakley, um Anthony Mason, John Starks. Yep. Um, all those guys, uh, yeah, and those Hornets teams with they had uh, Morning Johnson and uh, Kendall Gill was a really good player. And when players switched and, teams, it was a it was a huge deal. I remember when Shaq left the Magic, I was like, can they do that? Can right. they just go to a different team? Like it's right. yeah, it just wasn't as common was. for a superstar to leave a team. So yeah, that, the thing I is, agree. when that happens, you always see the player that does that as a total jerk. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you stay with the Magic? Like you're you're an a hole. Like why would? You? So I remember thinking about that about Shaq for a long time. It's like, why wouldn't you stay with Orlando? But now I kind of get why it left because it's <laughs> Orlando didn't have much of a team. You know, Penny was super banged up and they really didn't have much else other than that it's hard to make a big man look good in pinstripes so that's another thing (laughs) they didn't change those uniforms for a while either no they didn't but that's the thing though i mean you like i mean i I understand the business side of it i mean i'm not naive i know players gotta do what they gotta do but like i don't really understand how you can even get invested in a team now like because players uh, switch teams so often it's like every couple of years they just kind of reshuffle the deck i mean unless you're just yeah. a generic basketball fan or you're really into fantasy basketball or whatever i don't you know how who's uh who's gonna root for uh, i don't know are the grizzlies even a team anymore we got all these expansion <laughs> teams I mean, but like you know well even as a, i could say this as a bulls fan like I, I can't yeah. get invested in anything this team does right now. I mean, I, what I, I what incentive you... do you have to root for the Bulls right now? You have Zach Levine. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, is Luol Deng still there? No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and, and no, unless you live so, in, in a city where most of the free agents want to go, I, what do you? Like and even, like if you're a Miami Heat fan, like ah, we had LeBron for a couple years and we made the finals. Yeah. Now what? Like what do you what do you do with that? I don't I don't know. Yeah, so. now it's okay. LeBron's on the Lakers and Kawhi's on the Clippers, and we're just kind of waiting around for Golden State to get healthy. And and then the East has Giannis, and that's <laughs> like what you know. Everybody else is playing for third, fourth, fifth, basically. Right. Yeah, I feel like there was a a shift to just pulling for players and not teams at some point. Probably, I guess that's true. Yeah, it's 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 uh, the the players are brands unto themselves. Yeah, I think the teams almost don't matter. I feel like that was kind of a shift at some point, maybe around the the turn of the millennium or whatever. Um, I feel like I kind of felt that, and it kind of reflected in, and maybe this is a decent segue into the. the people I would collect when I collected, you know, sports cards, um, it might have been born from that even for me a little bit in that I, I just sort of fixated on certain players, and even if they switched teams, that was okay because I still had this, 
you know, they, they were still the, the same athlete or whatever. Um, th- exactly. Thankfully, my favorite player when I was uh, growing up in the 90s was Reggie Miller. I liked the I liked the guys from deep. And so he didn't go anywhere. So he was easy. He was always on the uh, yep. on the Pacers, and, and that was all nice and good. But, you know, some of the other guys, um, yeah, just it would always kind of suck when they switched teams. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I was from – BFE, I there was no sports team close to me to really have an allegiance to, so I just kind of followed the players anyway. I was stuck with the crap ass Timberwolves. Like, what was <laughs> I gonna do? Freaking Kevin Garnett, Felton's fifteen years. <laughs> oh please, Garnett didn't show up till ninety five. What was I gonna do before that? It was Felton Spencer and Luke Longley and Tony Campbell. Like, I'm not, these guys all suck. Like, they won fifteen games a year for like. Eight straight years or something like that. Yeah, Pooh Richardson. <laughs> Christian Lightning? Are you on there? Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, though. The Timberwolves, for a brief period, had one of the most exciting, fun teams for like a two-year stretch when they had Tom Gugliotta, Tommy Gunn. They had a very young Kevin Garnett, and they had Stephon Marbury. And they were their big three. They were super exciting to watch they really worked well together except when Marbury decided to play hero ball but they had a playoff series I want to say in 98 or 97 against the Seattle Supersonics and this was the Sean Kemp Gary Payton Sonics in the first round back when it was best of five oh yeah and the Timberwolves Timberwolves actually went up two games to one Oh. And it really looked like, oh shit, they're gonna pull this off, and now they got crushed the next three or the next two games. It was heartbreaking, but now that that team was a lot of fun. But other than that, it's been nothing but misery for the for the Timberwolves. But for basketball cards, for me, I was very much a prisoner of the moment when it came to basketball cards because um, I would buy the Beckett baseball card catalogs. Yeah. And I would see who was worth a lot and who wasn't. And I saw Fleer Ultra cards were kind of going up and, you know, in value. So I would get Fleer Ultra packs with my allowance. I remember getting Harold Miner, Baby Jordan, his rookie card in, I think it was 92 Ultra. And he had this seemingly iconic looking card of him shooting a fadeaway over Jordan, Bulls Jordan, 23, not 45 Jordan, 23 Jordan. And he's shooting over him, and it's like, oh, that's him passing the torch right there. Uh, yeah, does anybody know who Harold Miner is anymore? Oh, anybody? I'm, look, I'm no? looking at that right now. Yeah, that's, that's an <laughs> epic shot. <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome-looking card. He's, like, shooting over him, and Jordan's, like, full extension yeah. trying to block it. And I was like, man, this is the coolest-looking card ever. And it was worth, like, I think $2.25, which is a fortune to a, to a 10-year-old. But... <laughs> Yeah, there was him. There was Richard Dumas was another one for the Phoenix Suns was another like up and coming player. And um, I'm trying to think of who else. Yeah, Larry Johnson was a big one. Uh, Alonzo Mourning. Shaq, of course, was a big one. Shaq's cards were like off the charts. You know, those were like $15 if you wanted to get those. Nope, not happening. But yeah, basketball cards were were, uh, the haves and haves nots. It was... 
either the either you had like the Jordans and the Shacks, or you had the Richard Dumases or the Harold Miners. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely a second tier collector. I sort of just yeah. assumed my position in society and was like, I'm not going to get any of the big boy cards. Let me yeah. just collect Damon Stoudemire and Jeff Hornacek. Oh, Damon Stoudemire. No yeah, one's going right. to want You've these before. Hey, <laughs> say what you will about. Damon Stoudemire, if, they, if that if either of those Raptors teams ever would have made the playoffs, the the, the late the second three peoples would have been screwed. Because <laughs> yeah, like they they couldn't like nobody could guard Stoudemire. He would do that uh that crossover or whatever, and uh, like he would blow by Jordan every time. Like I think if you go back and look, um in 90, uh, 90, 96, 97, 98, those that the second three peat. The Bulls had a losing record to those Raptors teams, and thank God they never Dang. got in the playoffs, or we would have been screwed. Well, yeah, who? I mean, what are they going to bring Steve Kerr out there to guard him? Like, because <laughs> yeah, Jordan's too big, Ron Harper's too big, Pippen's too big. Like, what are they going to do? Like, how are they going to? Well, guard and that guy? and that second, like Jordan, they the announcers would always try to spruce it up a little bit and say oh look at him he's conserving energy on defense no he's resting because he's 35 <laughs> and he's old <laughs> he's, he's, he's saving a little gas in the tank so that he can uh knock down those right. fadeaways but yeah that right yeah i i guess it's interesting that you guys i i feel like i missed out on this whole basketball cart thing i was uh i would just buy like whatever nba game was out on super nintendo that year i never i never did mm. get much into the basketball cards it was a uh, like NBA showdown, so a showdown, and then showdown for you was the big one. It sounds like showdown, and then NBA Live '95 and Live '96. I think were the two after that that I had. Um, were you playing full 82 game seasons on those? Uh I mean, I would simulate most of the season. Like I, I played mm. parts of it, um, and just to kind of get a feel for the team, and then I'd play through the playoffs. But oh, of course, yeah. Um, and except if I was playing another team against the Bulls, I'd, I'd have a hard time convincing myself to play against against the Bulls just because, like, I cannot <laughs> self-terminate. You know, I, it just uh, – <laughs> but um, it, it kind of would just depend on how, how it worked out. But one thing – and I don't know if you, if you remember this or not. On the NBA showdown game, I got to talking with a friend of mine about this the other day. You couldn't trade your bench players. So, like – if you wanted to try to mix and match your team, you could only trade starters what? for some weird reason. You you were stuck oh, with dumb. whatever bench that you had. So like if you were if you were playing the Bulls, you were stuck with like Trent Tucker and uh, <laughs> Stacy King coming off the bench. But uh, they they didn't. But then the NBA Showdown was the last one that actually had Michael Jordan in it before that whole yeah that's right yeah that whole weird deal with his uh, his agreement or whatever. But then you could just make him in NBA Live '95 if you wanted, I guess. So yeah, it wasn't that. And '96 too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of have a funny story about uh, basketball games. I used to play. I can't remember which NBA Live it was, but I had it on the computer, and I liked it on the computer because I would just I would create my own teams. I didn't, you know, I, I think I played one stock season with the the players that you know was on the roster that the game came with and then after that i just went full creative mode and just made my own universe uh, i don't i don't know who was in it it just completely free fall but the the background of the game like if you were ever in the menus or anything like that the background shots where like the the stats would be overlaid in the background there was always like a picture of just uh, maybe a basketball player's leg or something it was like a close in shot of them doing maybe a, a crossover or you know some kind of dribble move but it would just like it would zoom in so far it would just sort of show leg and i remember my mom um coming in and 
like being like, oh my God, what are you looking at? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he, I, her vision wasn't great, but um, she she immediately <laughs> left the room and she was like, I'm going to get your father. And I was like, I turned around looking at my computer. I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's still the basketball game. I I didn't have anything up I shouldn't have. I had to turn around <laughs> and confirm though, because I was like, pretty sure I didn't have porn up. And then she comes back with my dad. And my dad was like, wait a minute. And he, he kind of realizes what's going on. I was like, Dad, it's just a game. He's like, yeah, that's just a that's just a man's leg. And my mom was like, oh, sorry about that. It was just a whole awkward thing. And so after that, every time she came in my room, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just in here looking at men's legs, Mom. Don't worry about it. So funny stuff. Yeah. I wonder if I can get in touch with uh, the dev team and see whose leg that actually was. If it was like one of the programmers. Or... <laughs> I actually, I think it was, or... I think it was NBA Live 98 and I think Tim Hardaway was on the cover and I want to say he did a lot of the, the still shots for the game. It might have been his leg. Hmm. Just a, that would have been Miami Heat, Tim Hardaway? I yeah, think. yeah, yeah big hairless leg of Tim Hardaway all over <laughs> and my mom thinking that uh, that was my thing. So... <laughs> I'm just looking at this picture now. Yeah, I think that that probably was it. His leg is very prominently featured on that, oh my. Uh, on that cover. So there yeah. you go. But like all of the all the background shots for like the stats and everything, any halftime show would just like zoom in on a basketball player's body part for no reason. And <laughs> sometimes just land on that leg. Anyway, funny story. It's pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. If I, I don't know. That's 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 just my... <laughs> <laughs> I think we're at a standstill here. Uh, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, all right. Do we have any listener questions? We probably should knock those out. Yeah. Um, or actually, I had one more question for Aaron, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, yeah, Aaron, your your message at the end of your videos is often uh, and, and always in my terms because i've watched like the last 50 of your videos recently to binge for this podcast because i do my homework um you always say at the end don't text and drive and i apologize if there is a, a solemn reason behind that but is is there a story behind that signature sign off um i have been fortunate enough to where i've never been affected by that but it's just uh i mean it's just a big problem that i feel really strongly about i know every time uh, I drive anywhere here in town. I could be in the car for no more than 10 minutes and I'll see at least five people driving distracted. And it, um, it's just kind of something I feel really strongly about. Um, it, I'm with it, you. Uh, you know, it's, 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 so that's just kind of my angry old man yelling at the cloud thing. We're just <laughs> like, stop texting and driving. I mean, it, no, I see I people doing it that, all man. the time. And it's just yeah. people, we, we live uh, very distracted lives you know and it, it yes people you know like if you want to be addicted to your smartphone uh on on the sidewalk or whatever that's that's fine i guess if you want to go sit on a bench but just try not to do it when we're sharing the road together you know that's just yeah try not to do it when you're propelling a two-ton vehicle you know 60 miles an hour yeah forward. 47 feet per second or whatever it is yes yeah yeah, yeah it's just it and i see people doing it all the time and it just it bugs the heck out of me. So I, oh, I just, yeah. that's my little. I, I appreciate you saying that. It's right on, man. Yeah. That's, that's that's a that's a very. You're not an old man shouting at a cloud. <laughs> saying no, definitely that. not. I think I think you're in the. I think you're in the right. Yeah, and I'm happy to hear that there was no personal context for that. But I I do share that sentiment, and I hope everyone stops doing it. We got some listener questions here. The first one is from Cartridge Club Portable. 
Drive, you know those people. I do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Curtis is great. He's hilarious. If you could pick one SNES game, any, uh, I guess he means any SNES game, for my girlfriend who loves Pokemon, what would it be? Assume she's never played any SNES game before. What's your pick? Who who loves Pokemon? That's that's the qualifier, huh? I guess so, yeah. Ooh, boy. I this is going to uh so I am like the most non-Pokemon person. Like I've never got I never played the games. I never had anything to do I'm with, with you. It. Yeah. Like and it's not I'm not knocking people that are into it. I just never got into yeah. it. Um but now, does it say that she plays games in general? Was there a part of that where she plays games in general, or is this like for somebody who doesn't play games? I will say as an insider uh, to, to knowing this guy a little bit, he does have a series on his YouTube channel, where, uh, which is actually called Girlfriend Versus, where he kind of shows his girlfriend a new game, and she plays through it for the first time. So she has some experience playing games, but I don't think she's outright a gamer. Okay. Well, I'd probably just pick something um, something simple that doesn't require a whole lot of uh, dexterity. You know, dexterity, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I I would probably I'd probably just say Final Fantasy III because that's a <laughs> that's a solid one to play through. <laughs> there you go. That's that's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. So, uh, I'd go with that. Final answer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what do you got, Trev? Hagane. I think um, <laughs> really see what she's made of and see if they're really meant for Contra each other. Contra 3. <laughs> uh, realistically, uh, maybe Harvest Moon? I don't know. I was trying to think of something that's, oh, that's a great pick. kind of there laid back. and uh, A Pokemon in, is kind of wandering around with, um, with stuff. I feel like Harvest Moon's kind of that, too. And that's me speaking ignorantly about both of those things. So I just they're just wandering around through trees, right? That's both of those games. Harvest Moon's a good pick. I think I would go with Kirby Superstar, just because it's co-op, and you said it was a co-op deal. So oh, yeah. Kirby Superstar is a co-op deal, and it's pretty harmless. Uh, lots of different uh, game modes you can play through in that. I think there's, uh, what, nine different ones? I forget off the top of my head. But, yeah, different different approaches, different things, and it's multiplayer. So that would be my pick. Cool. You're the expert, so we have to default to you. No. <laughs> okay. The ne- <laughs> Folks, what sound was that? Uh, the next question is no. <laughs> drink a beer and play a game, which sounds like a good idea. What are your go-to uh, quarantine beers and games? Also, has anxiety from the virus affected your YouTube motivation? Who wants to go? Okay. Go ahead, Aaron. So the first question was quarantine beer. Yeah, do you have a quarantine beer and game combination? Beer and game combination. So... Um, so, so yeah, like, like I mentioned earlier, I really don't drink beer too often, but when I do, there's this beer called, uh, Angry Bastard. Um, it's a, I can't even really describe it. Um, so like not a beer aficionado the way I probably should, or yeah, Arrogant Bastard. That's what it's called on Angry Bastard. That's exactly what Snestrunk's drinking right now. Really? Well... Are you kidding? You're drinking Arrogant Bastard. I have like a, I just bought a six pack of that today. <laughs> <laughs> like that's if I do get that's what I usually have uh, around. Uh, if I do get right one. on, um, either that it's or, seven point two. That's that's pretty strong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it, most of the time I'm going with bourbon in, in that in that right case. on. So, 
Uh, yeah. Usually Buffalo Trace bourbon uh, is my bourbon of choice. Uh, Maker's Mark is close second. Um, you two are made for and, each other, you know it. Why don't you do a yeah, podcast Maker's with him? Mark. I'll just leave. And <laughs> Maker's then, Mark is tough, though, man. Um, <laughs> lately, I've been playing. So, like, I know everybody assumes I probably just sit around uh, playing, like, really old games all the time and, uh, mm-hmm. like, just all NES all the time or whatever. But I actually play. Uh, there's a modern game called uh, Daisy. Have you ever heard of this? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a Walking Dead simulator, and it's just yes. very kind of. Uh, it can be shooty shooty pew pew, but it can also be kind of just chill. <laughs> um, so, like it's just like the nature ambiance sounds and everything. Especially since we can't like really leave our house right now, um, I, I will just sit and drink like two glasses of bourbon and play Daisy for like three solid hours, and then I'm like I'm in my Sweet. happy place where it's just because you're kind of wandering around in the woods and it's just kind of this ambient nature sounds, kind of relaxing, kind of you know, and, and then. You run into somebody and get shot. But the three hours that you had up to that was an absolute blast. So that's <laughs> right on. I think I'd have to go with Blake Stone. No. <laughs> um, mine probably st- be uh, Stardew Valley. Speaking of Harvest Moon. Okay. Um, Stardew Valley is my kind of game because it's like a management game of uh it's very 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 relaxed it's it's very low stress um you just go around and collect stuff and and do things and you know just uh, (laughs) meet people talk to people go have a beer at the bar i can drink while i'm drinking in the game itself (laughs) so it's like works for me that would be my uh, my go to. I've put over two hundred hours into that game, so I haven't t- yeah, I haven't even touched it in over a year. I don't think, but still, that's still my go to. I think for me, uh, you know, I just finished Yakuza Zero, and there's plenty more Yakuza to go. There's Kiwami, Kiwami Two, Three, Four, Five, Six. So, you know, what a better time to catch up on a great series than now. Um, the pairing, I don't know if there's an exact pairing unless you just have some sake hanging out, but uh, I've been crushing some some scotch or some, some Jameson or whatever I have. Um, right now I'm sort of in a beer freeze because my wife gets all the groceries and she, she doesn't... She doesn't adhere to my my specific beer wish list. She'd be like, they just they didn't have it, so I just got you. Uh, is, does Michelob Lime sound okay? I got that. Oh, no. you know, something like that. I don't even know if that's a thing, but that's the kind of thing. So, Ugh. so yeah, I go, I've gone lighter on beer um, during these times and have crushed mm. crushed the liquor. But the second part of this question, since we've all answered the first part, was has the uh, the anxiety of what's going on of the virus affected your YouTube motivations at all? No, not really. Yeah, that's it. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know, I've had some people chime in and say, hey, we really appreciate you keeping the channel going. It's given us something to watch or whatever. And that's that's been good. Um, Yeah, that's been super nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, part of me was, you know, I had the thought at the beginning, like, should I continue doing this? Should I say something at the beginning about washing your hands? I I don't know. (laughs) Like, it's a... Like every content outlet that I'm listening to right now has all these little PSAs yeah. baked in now, and I'm just like, yeah. Eh. Then seems I just, like overkill. Yeah, and that, so I like I decided to just not do any of that and just you know keep doing what I'm you know just 
hopefully when they come to Friday Night Arcade, they can forget about it for 10 minutes and then go back to their sure. normal life. And so I think people appreciate that, too. Yeah. Just try to keep it as, as sterile of a thing as possible. So. <laughs> yeah, there's really nothing more annoying than like we here at Lexus want to let you know that we're thinking of you, Lexus, and we want you to be thinking of us during this time and continue buying cars. Yeah. And then the next commercial, we here at BMW <laughs> yeah. want you to know that it's ridiculous. Um, for me, no, it hasn't really affected my motivation, and I, I get what you're saying uh, too. I I felt a little because I I'm a little ahead of schedule, and I had a video. Uh, that I made about the X-Men games that I made in very early March, maybe late February, probably early March. It was about the time that the term social distancing kind of upspiked, but it was a little bit before it was. this was all as imminent of a threat. And I had put a thing in, in one of my videos where um, I was like, yeah, and if you're, if you're these characters, um, they're more melee combat, you want to get up close, but if you have one of these ranged characters, you'll be better off social distancing. And then as the weeks went by, I started to regret that line a little bit more. Not because I thought it was like offensive or anything, but I was like, are people going to hear that and be like, ugh, that's so tacky mm. and, you know, it's so played out. I left it in there because I was too lazy to take it out. But <laughs> I, I just wanted to point out that I did have that thought where I was like, eh, maybe it doesn't fit. But I, I think it just, it people just passed over it and were like, eh. But yeah, it's it's kind of weird that you, you, you want to acknowledge it, but you don't want to acknowledge it because why do it? What's it going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think as long as you're, um, you know, I think as long as you're doing it in good faith. I mean, some of these commercials, like you mentioned, the, the Lexus thing, you know, the, they got the sad piano music and they're like, oh, you, you know, <laughs> really? No, you just want me to go buy a car even though uh, I'm out of work or whatever. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of crappy. Yeah. I mean, it's, Next time I'm looking for a car, I'm going to remember what Lexus said to me about the quarantine. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, that's, that's just very disingenuous. And so, yes. I, you know, I mean, I think as long as you're, in good faith, I, I think it's fine. I mean, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Okay, we have one more question here from ArgCast, another retro gaming podcast. Um, that's their name. I didn't just say that about them. That sounds disingenuous, but ArgCast. Um, what are your favorite gaming podcasts? Or do you listen to any podcast? Oh, goodness. Um, so, so I listen to... Um, uh, what is the I, I I really don't listen to any gaming podcast. Uh, this one maybe. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I listen to um, God, my podcasts are very old man. I listen to like Planet Money and stuff like that. I listen to I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast if he has like a doctor or something interesting like that on there where it's like a long form sit down inf- interview with some doctor or scientist mm-hmm. or something. Um, I don't really care so much about the fight stuff, but the you know, if he's got some scientist on there or something like that, that's interesting to me. But um, and then I listen to uh, what's that? <clears throat> God, I got to look at my phone now. I think it's is it Bruce Pritchard that has one um, where he just talks about old wrestling stuff. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you're talking about Brother Love. <clears throat> is that what it is? Yeah. Something to wrestle with. No, Bruce, I mean, Bruce... that that was his name back in the day. Yeah. When he was a character. Um He's got a was podcast he, called Richard? Something to Wrestle that's uh, it's interesting. Hmm. It's just all old stories and stuff like that. So That sounds fun. Does he have guests? Sometimes, yeah. He'll have other people. And they'll, they'll just, like, a whole podcast will just be centered around, like, one pay-per-view from 1997. It'll be, like, all the oh. stories from that pay-per-view that goes into it. And so, I think I would really like that. Yeah, he'll have guests on there, too, sometimes. Or sometimes it's just him and one other dude telling stories and... Um, 
it's 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 always entertaining. That sounds good. Nice. Uh, for me, I guess uh, my favorite one would be my own. Um, I I do the Polykill podcast, which is a game, or which is a podcast about a, bu- a couple old dudes trying to make their way through their backlogs. But life keeps getting in the way. Stupid life, getting in the way of video games. Um, that's one I don't listen to myself. Oh, well, I do, but that's not. I'm not saying like that's the one that I listen to always. Um, I used to listen to the IGN Game Scoop podcast, but I don't care so much about new games anymore as I used to. So I've kind of slacked off on that. So I mainly dig into true crime stuff. So most of my feed is just dark, grisly, macabre stuff. Last podcast on the left, and and my favorite murder, and and some of the more comedy infused, um, scary storytelling kind of things. That's more my jam. Yeah. Hmm. I just have classic gaming podcast with Rob and Jay. They're really the only one I listen to. I do. I do listen to the Dan Lebitard show on ESPN, and I. I, I listen to their podcast just because they make fun of uh sports radio and how seriously people take sports and it's that that always makes me (laughs) laugh but in terms of terms of gaming and stuff like that i just uh it's classic gaming podcast with rob and and jay they've they've been doing it for geez probably since 2014 2015 they've been at it for a long time and they've they have their like little in jokes and stuff like that, and they're they're always really funny and informative and stuff like that. So I appreciate those cool. guys. Yeah, there's something about following a, a show for a while and getting to know them, and you so, you sort of feel like yeah one of them after a while. Yeah. Well, I guess that about wraps it up. All right, Aaron, thank you for coming onto the show and answering a few questions. Where can people find you online, and uh, can you hint us toward maybe an upcoming project? Sure. So um, if you just go to youtube.com slash Friday Night Arcade, that's uh, the channel. And then Twitter at FN Arcade, which I realized after I did that, that it kind of sounds like it just says FN Arcade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just going to the FN Arcade. <laughs> um, so I, I mentioned earlier uh, about the, the text adventure thing, and that's actually the video that's going up um, uh, Friday, Friday the 1st, which is that when this episode goes up as well? Yep. Yes, it does. Cool. Oh, perfect. So, um, so yeah, so Friday's episode is going to be all about Colossal Cave uh, text adventure. Uh, for, nice. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, it, it, the, the challenge was to make a, a game with no graphics that's just 100% text on screen seem uh, interesting for nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that turned out. Um, I had to I actually track down a... Uh, um, like a different version of DOS box that had this like really kind of complex and cool looking CRT filter on it. So it looked like really like scan lines huh. on it and stuff like that, just cause <laughs> I wanted to try to make it look as authentic as possible. And, That's a good uh, idea though. It's actually kind of an interesting story about uh, the, the backstory for, for how this game came into being. And then like it was programmed in Fortran for some big mainframe computer back in like 1977. And then it, and it got port. There was like a million different ports of it that came out in the '80s, and um, um, it was just a fun game. It was the like, are you have you ever heard the the magic word X Y Z Z Y? Have you ever seen that in pop culture? Or I think I only saw it referenced in one of your videos one time where you told me it was an important word. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, this is the game where it came from. So oh, okay. that's. that's uh, so so yeah, I'm I'm excited about this one. It's uh, th- this is one of those that was definitely on my hit list from the beginning, but I just never 
could figure out a way to do it in a way that would make sense or and it's so weird because you yeah i mean you you know you you can slide in like a dos game here and there some people are interested in those some aren't but this is just one i wanted to do so hopefully people enjoy it i'm sure they will man so yeah everyone please uh, check that out on friday if you, you know certainly you listen to this podcast then jump right over to youtube check out friday night arcades fresh new vid on a text adventure All right, that's been another Drunk Friend podcast. Be sure to check out polykill.com to find more podcasts like this one. And once again, you can reach out to us at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd simply like to help out the show, remember to rate and review us wherever you listen. We're on Twitter as well. I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at SnesDrunk. And as he said, you can find Aaron over at FNArcade. And, of course, at YouTube at youtube.com slash FridayNightArcade. Also, we want to give our usual shout-out to Coolor for the podcast music. The song you heard is called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a good rest of your day. Please don't text and drive.